Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneur network.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. You're listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, episode 46. Hi, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, branding communication strategist, also known as the Podcasting Queen. Welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast, the podcast that empowers you to reach your full potential. Have you ever thought, I just don't have what it takes to be an influential leader? Or perhaps you've seen and you've admired other women leaders and you just long to be as skillful as they are when it comes to leadership. My guest today is Karen Smith and Karen believes that leadership is not a skill, but rather a state of being. So she will be sharing some encouraging insights for you on today's show. Karen is a humanitarian, psychology of deliberate creativity and an author. And she delivers seminars, workshops and training across the globe to develop the hearts and minds of those in leadership positions so they can transform the lives of those they serve. And on today's show, Karen's going to share leadership equals I will go first. It's a state of being, not a skill. Our experiences are designed to enhance our expansion and existence, doesn't destroy us. And creating a powerful outside experience starts with mastering the inner world. Welcome to the show, Karen. Thank you for having me. What a treat. <laughs> Look, it is uh, wonderful to have you on this show. We always like to start off with uh, some milestones. And as I was reading this milestone, my goodness, very impressive. You've delivered 2,200 presentations worldwide for over 500,000 people. My goodness. It's been a whirlwind adventure. And it's funny, actually, I was speaking through group just the other night and as I was you know getting all excited about my number I thought oh my god I feel like I've just started (laughs) you know like that's a lot that's you know I think I'm Australia's most experienced speaker now I think but for me it feels like oh I feel like a kid in a candy store I feel like I've only just started there's still so much to do yes oh it's (laughs) wonderful and and you're really passionate about what you're doing so it is something I know that you uh, just love how long has that been so that's about 2008 wow since 2008 so what's that eight years yeah Fantastic. And did you set out the intent with the intention of uh, speaking around the globe and, 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 you know, obviously touching and influencing the lives of that many people? Or is it just something that has happened over time? No, very deliberate. Mm. Um, Yeah, no, it's very, very deliberate. I guess, you know, for me, I really feel like um, I have a mission and I have a purpose and I have a reason for being. Mm. And that that reason for being is to touch as many hearts and move as many minds as I possibly can for, for those that are interested, ready, able, willing and feel inspired and called. For me, I make myself available and, 
And then who who comes is kind of universal business. It was always, it's always very, very deliberate for me. And it's it, it's insatiable. It's almost as if the urgency and the desire just continues to grow and compound inside of me day after day. And it's sometimes it becomes a bit overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, and other times I just have to, you know, just accept that that's part of my existence and do the best I can with what I have (laughs) yeah oh look and we know or I know that you've got an incredible personal story that you share I mean I've um, heard you share that story in a a networking event uh, a number of years ago did you survive the 2002 Bali bombing and your partner's suicide what I'll also do Karen is I'll link to a previous show you were on I think it was either business success podcast that I ran a number of years ago or ambitious entrepreneur show. And, you know, that was some story, some journey. Yeah. And it has been a huge catalyst for creating my life experience the way that it has been. Mm. I don't know that I would have necessarily had the courage or the, um, the force to, to do the work that I'm doing now. You know, as I look back on it now, it's been, what, well, 14 years this year um, since the Bali bombing and 15 years since my partner's suicide. So I think now I can look back and really reflect from a much more high-level perspective to mm-hmm. see I know what I did physically and I know how I survived it physically, but what was going on for me mentally, emotionally and spiritually. Now I have the ability to go back and dive into that experience for myself um, Mm. and analyse it from that angle because that's way beyond the very humanness of running through the streets and jumping over the flames and, Mm -hmm. you know, all of those sorts of things and discover what was the superhuman force that kicked in that replaced the small insignificant me, what was that superhuman force that kicked in and, you know, really begin to develop an intimate relationship with that part of myself because Mm -hmm. I really do believe that that is part of every single one of us. And, you know, I guess my dream for humanity is that we all have an intimate relationship with that aspect of ourselves without having to be blown up Mm. and without having to go through great trauma and tragedy. And I feel like I've taken one for the team. So if everybody can just kind of (laughs) learn from my mistakes, that would just be awesome. Yes, it it would. (laughs) And I would imagine then, you know, being able to now go back and reflect and have those deeper learnings as you're looking at leadership then. Because one of the Mm. things that you say is leadership is, I will go first, it's a state of being, not a skill. And for many people and even some leadership experts, they really look at leadership as a skill that you can learn and and develop. So love Mm. for you to, to share around the insights about it being a state of of being and I would say the same thing it is definitely something a person can learn Mm -hmm. and I would actually suggest that everybody has that in them it's whether their outside circumstances or their inside desires or requirements lead them that way but it's when I say state of being it's really to say it's not something that you, you read in a book it's not a set of action steps true leadership is the person who's willing to say I'll go first And when you see me go first, then you'll feel safe to follow if that's your choice. Mm. But I'll be the one who'll go first. I'll cut down the branches. I'll make sure that it's safe. I'll, you know, I'll clear the bushes. I'll create the path. I'll see the vision and I will take us to where we're going. And if you see that I survive it and I can do it and I'm just like you, then you'll know that it's a safe path. And I think that what I've seen in my own experience as far as leadership is concerned, particularly, you know, I, I've spent most of my working life in corporate Sydney 
And from what I saw from the perception of leadership there was that leadership was a position of power, authority, uh, 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 the one who's supposed to know everything. And it was always something that people aspired to. It was a job title. It was a set of skills and a payroll that they aspired to. What I have learned since leaving that and working in my own business with the 500 or 1,000 people across the world, I've realized that was such a small fry way, a very small suppressed way of seeing people, each other, and really what true leadership is. You know, true leadership requires courage and it requires immense vulnerability. Mm. It requires an absolute willingness to say that I don't know so that then they can know. You know, the one thing I, I, I speak on often is when challenge strikes, and whether it's in business or whether it's at home or, you know, whether it's with money or with family or health or well-being, whatever it is, when challenge strikes, the very purpose and the very nature of challenge is to force us to grow, develop and expand and to find new tools and resources to handle that challenge. Otherwise, what's the purpose of a challenge? If a, purpo- if a challenge is not to force us to grow, then what's the purpose of it? If we keep diving back into our old kit bag and our old bag of resources that we've been diving into constantly for all of our lives, if we keep revisiting that, that's where we get the saying that history just continues to repeat itself or we're doing the same thing and expecting a different result. Mm. So challenge, the very nature of challenge is to force us to a platform where we are willing to say, I don't know, and I am not willing to dive back into my old bag of tricks. I'm willing to say I don't know and I'm willing to learn something new. And then that's where a person grows and expands. And that is actually leadership because there are very few people who are willing to place themselves in the centre of a challenge and say I don't know. Because when they do do that, they have to be vulnerable. They have to open themselves up to whole new learnings. There has to be practice, trial and error. There has to be implementation, experimentation, experience, there has to be all of that. And, and from a leadership perspective, those are the attributes we want to be able to teach the people that follow us. Mm. Those are the things that make a team or make a group of people or a collective powerful, sustainable, self-driven, self-motivated. Those are the attributes that we want people to model. We don't necessarily want people to model this is how you hire. I mean, you know, those are just skills-based things. Like this is how you hire. This is how you fire. This is, you know, these are the steps that you make, you you take for marketing strategy. Of course, those things are skills. All of those things are necessary, no question. When it comes to true leadership, it's a state of being. What a person does is important, but who they're being while they're doing that, that's what's everything. Yes. Because as you said so beautifully there, what happens when you do stand up and you take that mantle, you then obviously through um, being transparent and showing people around you, you become influential. You can influence those people. And a great example of this is just recently, Karen, I interviewed a young lady on the show. And when I read her bio, I thought, my goodness, she's done some incredible things. She's spoken on TED Talks. She's been on numerous television shows in the US and uh, she did say to me that she was young and she was really being a leader an influencer for young women and when I actually spoke to her I realized she was only 15 and one of the things oh, that she wow. was saying yes 15 I'm thinking goodness if I think back to what I was doing at 15 I was <laughs> rattling around on the farm with my horse and animals and so forth but here she is inspiring and influencing other young women and it's interesting mm. because a number of people had made a comment on her YouTube channel and and various videos and so forth 
What are you saying about leadership? You you haven't even lived to experience enough to be able to, to lead. And I thought, what a sad thing to, to say. Here's this young woman influencing, being a leader, picking up, you know, being transparent and making such an incredible impact in the lives of, you know, hundreds of uh, young women in the US. And that's her being in her true state of being, yes? I absolutely agree with you. And I don't actually think that age is a determinant of somebody's ability to lead. You know, you look at the kids these days, they're so different to the way that we were generations ago. Mm-hmm. And everybody comes to this life with a, uh, a calling. And I, I really salute her for answering that inner calling so early and not waiting until she's 30, 40 or 50 to say, well, what's my purpose? That young girl has totally got her. I know. Her, if this is what she's doing at 15, right can you imagine 20, 25, 30? She's oh. uh, halfway through authoring her first book. Her and her business partner have, um, have been running camps for these young women and they're looking at rolling them out, you know, across other states. Oh, it's just incredible what, what she is doing. Now, our experience is being designed to enhance our expansion and existence doesn't destroy us. Speak a little bit more about that. Well, I, I guess what I mean by that is that, you know, for the most part, people go through lots of different experiences, both in their businesses practically and, you know, in their work mm-hmm. and um, also in their home lives and then with their relationship with themselves. So we're, we're, we're complex creatures, you know, we're made up of lots of different facets. And when we have experiences that we would traditionally label as challenging or difficult or bring us to our knees. Very often times we tend to opt for the woe is me, why did that happen, that shouldn't have happened, poor me, you know, what have I done, how did I, how did I do this to myself, I'm a loser or, you know, I just need, it's, it's just going to upset me back mm. or, you know, um, I'll never do that again or I'll never trust again or I'll never try that again, once bitten, twice shy. You know, we tend to have these this way of relating to difficult circumstances in our lives that cause us to contract. And one of the greatest beliefs that I hold, particularly as a result of the dramatic experiences that I've had in my life, one of the things that I've learned is that all of the problems, all of the issues, or all the difficult situations that we label as problems, difficult or issues it's really just a human label. It's something that we've made up. It's not actually true. Even if it's a divorce, a car accident, loss of a limb, even loss of a child, Mm. it doesn't matter how severe or how significant the challenge is or the problem is. It's us that determines the role that that experience plays in our lives. And if that experience forces us or causes us to contract, then we've missed the point of the experience, no matter how dramatic it is. And I am absolutely of of the belief that we absolutely do need to fall to our knees sometimes. We absolutely have no alternatives. You know, a a very dear friend of mine lost a child two weeks ago to suicide. Mm. And, you know, to to have this conversation with her now and say, ah, don't worry about it. You know, that's absurd. Mm. So what I'm saying is that there are times that we do need to fall to our knees and it's the very falling on bended knee that's the part that becomes the platform for the next level of life. Mm -hmm. But what I believe to be crucial is that we 
at some point in the healing process come to a state of acceptance and recognition that everything is designed for us to expand. There's nothing on the face of this planet that could ever have its the meaning be to have us contract individually or collectively, mm -hmm. to have us contract, become less, lose self-belief, lose strength, lose power, mm. lose momentum. Lose hope that, even too. For some people, they just lose hope, don't they? That, mm. All of that. There's absolutely nothing on the face of this earth that is designed for that. And I spoke the other day and I said, you know, a lot of people could have taken my experiences and been broken for 60 years the rest of their lives. Yes. For others, it could be you know, 16 years. For me, it was six. But now, no matter what happens, I'm on bended knee for six minutes. Because at the end of the day, I'm willing to experience the contrast and the darkness so that I can find the light. But when I go looking for the light, I'm looking for a light that is worthy of the contrast that I've experienced, you know. Mm. So I'm looking for a light that's massive. I'm not just looking for any light. I'm looking for a massive, massive light. So if I'm to go through something and, you know, in my family we're going through a, a little bit of a something at the moment and, you know, when I first was hearing about all of this with my family, I thought, wow, that's, that's really quite sad. Is it the end of the world? No, definitely not. Is there a solution? We will find one. Is it going to be amazing? Absolutely. Mm. And what is this going to create our family to become? My goodness. Yes. I, could, I, I can never even imagine. So I allowed myself that six minutes on bended knee to feel the sadness and the woe is me and, oh, God, how did this happen? But very quickly, it, uh, you know, I've, I've, I've come to recognize that the purpose of every experience is expansion, mm -hmm. whether it's occurring to me or it's occurring through another human being, for all of us, it's never contraction. And I find... So many people that I work with, particularly in leadership, they are in a contracted state in some part of their lives, whether it's a business or it's at home, there's a part of their life where they're contracted. Leadership is kind of like a, kind of the greatest responsibility that can be bestowed upon a person, whether they get it through a promotion or they get it through natural instinct. It's still the greatest responsibility that can be bestowed upon a person. And a person has got to be a leader in all levels of their life, not just in some places and that just brings me full circle to say it's about I'll go first you know I'll, I'll, I'll go first and I'll do the self-discovery I'll do the deep work I'll do the learning I'll be willing to say I don't know I'll stand on the step of evolution and expansion I'm willing to learn something new yeah. I'm willing to I'm, I'm willing to accept that I'm not going to look good for a little bit while I'm practicing and trial and error and experimenting. I'm willing to look like I'm, I'm willing to say I'm going to look like a peanut for a while. Yes. But at, at least I'm the one who's willing to to do that and express my vulnerability without fear of retribution or without fear of my leadership position being compromised for sure as you were speaking I was trying to flip back through uh, to a quote that I read and I can't find it so I hope that I uh, say it with the intensity that when I read it it really spoke to me and it was about yeah. you know you've been given this mountain to climb in your life so that you can then show others how they can climb it um, yeah, yeah I think that's spot on I really believe we have our experiences on behalf of mankind mm. You know, and I really think that it's up to each one of us with every experience that we have to use it as a teaching vehicle, not only for ourselves, but for our ripple effect. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. yeah, yeah, spot on. 
So talking about creating a powerful outside experience starts with mastering the inner world and already throughout uh, our conversation today, our inner world, our mindset is so, so powerful. So let's dive into this area. You know, one thing that I've been working on a lot, lot, lot lately is really looking into the mind and the body connection and how what goes on in the mind manifests on a cellular level in the body. And it's been a fascinating experience and exploration. And of course, I'm nowhere near um, scraping the surface, surface of it. Most of us would say that the mind is very busy, constant chatter going on all the time, blah, 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 blah. Should I, shouldn't I? What did I do yesterday? What am I going to do tomorrow? And I was doing heaps of research on that. And it was 90% of what we think today, we thought yesterday. The other 10%, we thought last week, last month, or last year. So our thinking, the thoughts, are not new thoughts. They're just regurgitated, inside-out, upside-down versions of what we've already thought. So I thought, okay, well, the mind is incredibly busy. For most people, it's the number one thing that actually has us be completely exhausted. And then as a result of that, the body becomes exhausted. We get colds or flus. You know, and for some, it gets a little bit more serious than that. We put on weight. We become lethargic, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, okay, so the inner world must be mastered on all levels because if that's what's going on in the inner world, the outside world is always going to be a reflection of what's going on inside. It's Mm -hmm. always going to be. So when a person becomes lethargic and there's no more energy, you can't expect that your bank account is going to be bursting at the seams and you can't expect that your family is going to be full of energy and wanting to play and feeling full of beans and bacon and life and completely in love with each other and great harmony when what's going on inside of the individual or the person is everything but harmony, but just disharmony and disconnection and disassociation. So our outside world always reflects what's going on inside. And through meditation, one can quiet the mind. But I didn't actually realize how noisy the body was until I did a really powerful yoga session, interestingly enough, that it was a yoga technique that had come over from India and I did it as a one-off in um, Brisbane Entertainment Centre. And for the very first time, I experienced my body as absolutely quiet. It was a very intense yoga session, but my body was really quiet and so was my mind. I did not realise how busy it is completely inside and when when I apply that to how that affects us on a day-to-day basis for the most part especially for women for the most of us we're making pretty big decisions every day and those decisions you know and, and I don't want to tread lightly on this even making dinner or children's lunches or feeding yourself those are big decisions because the fuel that goes into the body is what is going to sustain the vitality and the energy over the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. So if a person's just grabbing, you know, like a a wrap, throwing in um, a bit of lettuce, a bit of tomato, a whole lump of cheese and some chicken, well, that's just not going to cut it. You know, it's it's not enough fuel to sustain the body. And I think those are just some basic decisions. But what if it's a decision like should we sell the house? or our tax returns need to be done and we need to decide what we're going to do, or mm-hmm. our fridge is broken down or I need a new car, or which school do I send my son to? All of those kind of decisions, they're massive. And if the brain and the body are cluttered and busy, you can't make those decisions and then back yourself. It becomes a decision that's just made randomly and then you hope for the best. And I actually think we can do better than that. We've discovered that the gut is called the second brain and there are 140 million 
neurotransmitters in the gut. 80% of the body's dopamine is produced in the gut. And the dopamine is the feel-good motivation. Wow. It's the the feel-good motivation hormone, Mm -hmm. a, a neuropeptide. So if that's not right, if that's all out of balance, then it doesn't matter what else you do it's always going to feel like it's an uphill battle. And, and that's why I think it's, you know, we, we can do better with, with being able to master the inner world and looking at every aspect of the inner world, the food and the gut healing and the gut health, no mistake about it. Mm. I mean, that's the center of our immune system. So our, if our immune system is compromised, then we're talking a world of pain and suffering. Mm-hmm. We're talking, you know, all the autoimmune diseases. We're talking all those sorts of things. For the most of us, particularly women, women, our bodies do give us little whispers. They do give us little pains and little whispers, which we ignore. But it's all for people who are experiencing bloating, discomfort, irritable bowel, all those sorts of issues, you know. Go check your candida because mm-hmm. candida is a growth in, that lives in this. It's a bacteria in the stomach which can over grow it overgrows with sugar all foods that turn to sugar in the bloodstream and number one stress so any of us that have got this little you know this pudgy bit around the center that's all cortisol candida stress leaky gut it's all that sort of stuff you know contributing and and Mm. that's just on the health perspective but then there's the mind there's the mind aspect as well which i heard something beautiful the other day it said everything on the planet is actually sound because everything is a vibrational frequency. Everything that is alive is vibrating and as an energy. And that energy is vibrating at different speeds. So a tree vibrates at a different speed to a leaf. And then a leaf vibrates at a different speed to a rose. And then a rose vibrates at a different speed to a finger. And the body is like that as well. So the blood has a vibrational frequency of its own. The lungs do. The liver does. The heart does. The eyes skin and if they they said that if you could get all of those vibrational energies together and then chart those vibrational waves to sound you could listen to the body playing the most Mm -hmm. beautiful harmony the most amazing orchestra where everything is in harmony with everything else oh my god i got goosebumps Mm. just thinking about that (laughs) but then if something goes out of beat or Mm. out of sync mentally physically, emotionally, and spiritually. If any part of the human goes out of sync, then the orchestra can't play properly. What a beautiful and analogy. Th- yeah. Isn't it? So it has been such a pleasure speaking with you again, Karen. Oh. If you had one last word, one last insight that you would share with people, what would that be? I think I would say to everybody that's listening to this today that, you know, try to Maybe go back and listen to it again and just, just recognize that it's not a mistake that you're listen to, listening to this today. There could be a part in your life where today's message was actually meant for you. And if you have had an aha moment or you've had a, a thought where you think, yeah, I think that could apply to me, I might just give that some thought, don't put it off. Give yourself the time, give yourself the luxury of time to think about you know, what you learn from podcasts and and books and things that you read. Don't just consume information for the purpose of consuming it. Consume it with the purpose of application, which does mean that you've got to pay a little bit of attention. But 
at the end of the day, we all know if we pay, if we don't pay attention, we do pay with pain. We do. You know so, what I do, Karen? Often um, at the back of my mind, I'll store little little tidbits and insights and things that I hear. And when I have um, heard something three times, I go, right, that is something yeah. that I need to be mindful of. And in some instances, it's in a matter of days. And I thought, right, you're the third person that I've heard this from. I need to take action on, on that. Let me ask you too, how can people get in contact with you? Um, really easily, actually. You can go to um, my website, which is all the w's.karensmith.com and it's C-A-R-R-E-N. S-M-I-T-H.com. And what I would also suggest, um, that website's a little out of date and I've, and I've got some people working on it right now. But what I would actually suggest, if you're on social media, reach out to me on Facebook, Karen Smith, C-A-R-R-E-N, and then S-M-I-T-H. Reach out to me on Facebook. I put everything that I'm up to on Facebook as well. And then I've got um, a couple of other really amazing programs that if you're interested in really pursuing what we've spoken about today, but on a much deeper level. I've got a program called Speakers Fast Track and another program called The Effortless Self. But um, I would say reach out to me on Facebook and I can certainly hook you up with whatever it is that um, can support you the most. But this is this has been great fun. I've, I've absolutely loved it. Thank you so yeah, much for having me on the show. You're welcome. Thank you. And of course, we'll put all of the ways to contact you, Karen, on the show notes, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast 46, annemariecross.com forward slash podcast 46. And uh, please do reach out to Karen and uh, say hi and, and check out her programs. I've, I've known Karen for, for many years mm-hmm. and uh, the, the information that you share is just brilliant. Uh, so can highly recommend that. Thanks again for coming on the show. Oh, it's an absolute treat. Thank you, my love. If you're looking for a supportive network whose mission is to inspire greatness by helping women harness and develop their leadership qualities, then I can highly recommend Australian Women's Network. Women in Leadership Podcast is honoured to have become an alliance partner with AWN, a global network, and hope you'll join us in making an impact in the lives of one million women by the end of this year. To find out more about how you can become a member, go to www dot australianwomensnetwork.com that's www.australianwomensnetwork.com are you a specialist who supports small business and you want to increase your visibility reach and influence with your own podcast channel but you don't want to handle the back-end management and ongoing promotion of your show the ambitious entrepreneur podcast network is on the lookout for a select group of specialists who are ready to become an influencing voice in their industry So if you're an aspiring podcast host or if you have an existing business-focused podcast and you're looking for ways to increase your exposure, reach and results by leveraging our podcast network platform, let's talk. To find out more, go to www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. That's www.ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash podcast host. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Well, that brings us to the end of another show. I hope you will join me again next week. I know you have got so much inspiration out of listening to uh, Karen today. And yes, please do reach out and connect with her. And by the way, if you have already subscribed to our iTunes channel, thank you so much. By subscribing, it means that you are going to be the first person to know when each new episode has been published. So you can continue to be inspired every single week like I know you were today. If you haven't already subscribed and you don't want to miss out, by being the first to know when a new episode 
been published. The link to subscribe is annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. annemariecross.com forward slash podcast iTunes. Have a fabulous week, everyone. Make it a great one. Bye for now, Karen. See you later. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.